You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you're looking for any type of batteries, whether it's for your truck, your car, your trail cameras, your rangefinder, stop into a local Interstate Batteries retail location. There are thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States. Talk with a battery specialist and get the batteries that you need to go on with your life. Interstate Batteries outrageously dependable welcome to the land and legacy podcast we're your hosts adam keith and matt die this is your number one resource for all things land if you're interested in conservation habitat management hunting strategy and rural real estate this is the podcast for you Here we go. Welcome back to another podcast, Land and Legacy Podcast. And we've got a cool episode because guess what? It involves connecting on a mature whitetail. And um, it's early season here in Missouri still, but um, we're, we're getting really into some deer. Um, it's been dry. Acorns are really starting to fall now. A lot of red oak species, uh, specifically black oaks. Uh, we have quite a quite a bit of crop here so we're consistently um, changing things up and keeping up with the deer uh, as their patterns change but we've got weather coming in we've got cooler temps coming in but uh, on this podcast what we're going to do is break down a multi-year journey hunt quest story whatever you want to call it from Seth Harker and his son, Trace Harker. Trace connected on this deer. They call Hefty a few nights ago. And uh, this is a long story. Because this is the second time from the same tree that Trace has put an arrow in this deer. Same exact deer. And um, a lot of the, the movements and things are just so strikingly similar from year to year. That w- is a story one we want to share, but you have to you have to learn from it because this is not just the patterns of this one specific deer, um, but many that we we see, especially in an older age class. They find an area, they find a spot, they're comfortable, becomes very routine, and we see that from year to year, um, the behavior uh, of these animals. So um, that was. An awesome story, and we're going to bring that to you guys this week on the podcast. But before we do that, we want to make sure everyone um, is subscribing to YouTube to be able to see this hunt. 
Um, Seth did film it, and so we're going to have that up there. We've got food plot updates. We've got other hunts coming. And so you're going to want to be sure to see that all on YouTube as well as social media. So don't miss out on that. But then also um, the schedule for this winter, spring um, is starting to get very packed. And so we want to send out that kind of general reminder to everyone. If you're considering interested um, in our consulting services, unfortunately, there's only so much time and so many places that we could be at in a given year. Um, so we want to make sure that everyone who has interest is getting that interest in so we can kind of build out what that looks like and maximize everybody's time and be as many places as, as we can get to feasibly um, throughout basically 2021 and, and beyond. So if you guys have interest in the consulting services, please be sure to send an email into info at landlegacy.tv or just go straight to the website, click on the consulting tab, and then send an email in the consulting um, webpage itself. So let's just not waste any more time. Let's just get right into the podcast. We'll hear from Seth Harker. He'll be speaking on behalf of Trace, kind of retelling the story and the connection, the strategy, the techniques that they implemented um, right here on targeting and successfully harvesting a mature six-and-a-half-year-old deer called Hefty. All righty. Seth, are you there? I'm here. Awesome, man. Well, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate your time coming on the podcast. And, man, we've got a cool story. Your son just smoked a good mature buck with his compound bow. How exciting was that for you? I mean, I, I know that, like, I saw him the next day, and he kind of had that bashful, like, yeah, I got one. He's nice. He's cool. Like, how exciting <laughs> was that for you, though? Oh, man. I'll tell you, it. I don't know. It just kind of takes you back to those first days of whitetail hunting. Um, I think everybody, if you've been hunting whitetail a long time, just kind of takes you back to your first whitetail, that experience. I don't know. It just kind of kind of amplifies it back back to you and you kind of relive that if 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 you will yeah yeah awesome for me and i tell you what i got buck fever oh i bet i wasn't even shooting and i got buck fever and you know rack wise it wasn't the the biggest rack in the world but um i will tell you this it was an old mature white tail buck uh and if you guys tune into uh the video um, you'll see how old white tail tail bucks act. Mm-hmm. So yeah, looking looking forward to that too. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you you said one word in there, um, I think really kind of captures, let's say, the whole essence of the story, and it was relive because it was almost like you guys had the same exact hunt that took place two years ago, and I'll let you tell the story because you know it uh, inside and out. But basically, this was almost a, a second chance redemption shot at Hefty. Um, so I'll let you just right. kind of pick up the story of, of Hefty, kind of take us back, and, and maybe what kind of initially got Trace uh, fixated on on this buck. 
Um, was it pattern? Was it just was it just one that he he kind of named or picked out? What what was the what was the deal years ago when you guys first targeted Hefty? So rewind to 2018, uh, and that would have been the first year that Trace uh, picked up bow hunting, or I'm getting him him into bow hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a Matthew Stoke, which is a great youth bow, by the way. Just the versatility, the speed, uh, a great youth bow. Yep. Uh, we can probably save that for another podcast of setting up bows for youth. But sure. I'm going to say this. That was a challenge to figure out, tune. Um, it was a challenge to get him to shoot, figuring out when he was anchoring right, when he wasn't. Mm. Should I move the sight? Should I Should I not? Is it him? Is it the bow? Um, and so on and so forth. But So we're working through all that, and uh, he's getting where he's shooting really well. Um, and at that time, he's pulling 41 pounds. And mm-hmm. In the state of Missouri, you have to be pulling 40 pounds yep. to legally hunt. Um, and he's got a 10 yard pin, a 15 yard pin and a, a, uh, 10, 15 and a 20 at that time. Now he's up to 50 pounds and we're getting a little bit better speed, but, um, long story short, there's a spot called the highway. Mm -hmm. Um, you know it well. Yep. Um, and it really next the deer down that goes into a huge, huge filled food plot. Uh, and this is just a highway that we plant food that they kind of move through. What the beauty of it is, is you typically can get a 20 yard shot. Sure. Um, so it makes it, it, it makes it really nice for youth or even me who doesn't like a 20 yard shot when you can get one. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So the cutty back started showing hefty. Um, and the reason we called him hefty, it wasn't because of his rack. Um, it was just because of his body. I mm-hmm. mean, broad shoulder, top gut, huge. I mean, he was big everywhere, big in the back end, big in the neck end, uh, big dent in his skull, oh, wow. uh, just, a, just a big, mature whitetail. And the deer was coming through the highway, and this was in 2018. Uh, and it's all about habitat management because we've got a wildlife on there. You know, there's... Timber stand improvement all the way around it. Now there's edge feathering. I mean, everything's that they need a pine plantation that they actually gravitate out of. Yep. Um, everything that they need is right there. And then they hit the highway, hence the name of the highway, and they cruise that highway right into that hill. Well, and Hefty was doing that. From, from like the 30,000-foot view, like that highway, uh, if you're looking from like a staging area aspect, of it, like if, if – if you're like the audience listening, this is like a perfect stage in area because it's that smaller, more confined opening with great food, a browse tolerant food, a pond, still pretty shaded, cover close by, but it just concentrates deer activity, usually lit up with scrapes, and then it forces them out into the bigger field. But if you get good right. movement, like those nights that have, you know, you see a lot of deer, they move in early. This highway just stacks up with deer before they bust out into the bigger fields, and so this right. like it's it, it's just a culmination, if you will, of a lot of activity, and it's a narrow strip, kind of long and and straight. So not only does it look like a highway, it's a deer highway, 
and it receives right. a ton of traffic. So that's kind of like the right. the area that you're you're painting, but it's got food, water, and cover close by. So it's it's awesome. It makes for right. great hunting opportunities. It's great, and what even makes it better too um, is the terrain feature. There, back mm-hmm. to the south, there's that huge deep draw. Yep. So they naturally want to come up around the top of it. So anything that's back to the uh, southwest mm-hmm. naturally is going to gravitate to the highway, even to cut over up above that steep draw Absolutely. that's back in the timber. So, I mean, it's just the spot, especially for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hefty, we knew he was mature, and uh, Trace had shot quite a few deer with a crossbow rifle, and he's kind of moving up to compound bow and. As headstrong as he is, I mean, his goal, and he shot a few does with the compound, uh, mm-hmm. and his goal was to harvest a deer with a name. He won't listen to this, so I'll let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> a deer with a name. So yeah, yeah. I named the deer literally in three days because I'm like, this deer's been here three days. I need to come up with a name for it. So yeah. I'm like, look at him. I'm like, oh, boy, he looks like him. He's hefty. Yeah. We'll name him Hefty, and that's where the story begins. Um, and, and I show him the trail cam picture. I'm like, Trace, this deer's coming through. Well, what's his name? I'm like, he's Hefty. Um, he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I said, let's go try our hand at, at Hefty. And uh, we went in, and it would have been, I don't know, September was merging into October. It would have been that, and I can't remember the exact date, but it would have been that last week of September, first week of October, somewhere in there. Yep. Uh, in 2018, and we had deer cruise through the highway like they do. A couple get uh, drinking like they do, and uh, a couple small bucks coming through. And then I back to the west, out of the corner of my eye, we're setting up in the uh, ladder stand. Obviously, young man, he can't he can't even get up the sticks or pegs or whatever you have. He needs a good safe ladder, so had the ladder, and, and here comes Hefty marching in, and the footage is just unbelievable because the other deer that come in ahead of him, he just dwarfs them inside. Mm, yeah. And he comes in, and there's a big community scrape under this uh, hickory tree that's in the food plot, and he snort wheezes at these other bucks. Wow. Um, pins his ears back. This is 18 now. Yeah. And marches to him, and I range. Trace is shaking, and he manages to get the bow back, and what looked like a beautiful shot turned into a mile-long blood trail. Yep. And you talk about devastation for Trace, because when we rewound that footage, I don't know how many times that the shot just looked perfect. You sent it to Adam and I, and I remember looking, I was like, oh gosh, like a little quarter in the way, looks like he just pinwheel the joker like the entrance would have been ideal but just it was it was the issue of the uh of penetration how much did that arrow get inside the cavity um and uh man right. I, I know that would have been just difficult to for pill to swallow for for trace to be able to do everything essentially right and then the um I don't know, equipment set up uh, just just wasn't quite dialed to. I mean, it, but again, cornering away, big rib cage on a on an old deer, like 
Yeah, that, that's go. that's a lot to punch through. He can do it with does, but that angle and everything, it's difficult. Right, and that's just it. I mean, we had built our confidence up. Uh, I believe he'd harvested two does with, with mm. archery tackle. Yep. And, you know, and I knew um, from experience and hunting mature whitetails that they're not a doe. Yeah. I mean, their bones Bone are structure. thicker. Their hide is thicker. Everything about them. I mean, even their chest cavity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more matter inside of that ribcage than there is a doe. And, I mean, it just proved. Um, in fact, not only did it prove it once, it proved it twice. Uh, because we went in, I don't know, two or three weeks later, and same thing on another buck. And both bucks lived, by the way. Um, so that was good. But, and I mean, that was just the learning curve of, of trying to get his his tackle dialed in, which we finally did. Yeah. Uh, so in, in 2019, we finally did. He started pulling. 45 pounds, I changed the grain of the arrow and uh, our broadhead. We went to a a wider two-blade fix, a leader blade, mm-hmm. uh, something that's going to zip through, uh, and it, it's doing the job. But So the story started for Hefty right then and there, especially in 19, because when I pulled the cards and Hefty comes back, uh, now when we're hunting, the anticipation of Hefty is it's there, it's present, it's alive, and every deer that, when I'm hunting with Trey, every deer with a rack on it, <laughs> keep in mind it's not like this 140-inch, 150 or bigger deer. I mean, you're talking 125, 130-inch average eight point. Mm-hmm. So every deer we see hunting in 19 is Hefty. Right, right. And that's Hefty, that's Hefty. Get the gun, it's hefty. <laughs> Get the bow, it's hefty. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, no, that's not hefty. It, it was it was so much like that. We actually shot a deer with a rifle uh, in 19 that we thought was hefty. You know, he's 100 yards out. Yep. And walked up onto him. And Trace wanted hefty so bad, he walked up to this deer, and he looked at him and he said, that's not hefty. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, man, but yeah, you got to be so happy. You know, you, you just shot a deer, and that's not hefty. And, I mean, he was happy he shot a deer, but he wanted hefty. I mean, that was the goal um, for that young man's uh, hunting that he had set. The goal was hefty. And whether it's a two-year-old or a three-year-old, whatever your goal is, uh, if you accomplish that, you're going to be happy. And he thought it was hefty, so he was kind of disappointed. And I thought it was hefty because I wanted him to shoot hefty so bad. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the highs and the lows of, of hunting hefty. And uh, keep in mind, he did not um, he did not use that highway in 2019. And and I have no idea. I can't say, well, it was because of the, you know, what he had experienced there on the highway in 18. That's why he didn't use mm-hmm. it. I have no idea why, but I would tell you this. He did not use that highway in 19. Right. Um, he didn't. 
I don't exactly know why, but he didn't. Um, and he wasn't near as uh, prevalent around the cameras last year. I mean, he was he was there, but I mean, he wasn't. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a so, a distinct pattern had just developed, and you were able to uh, you know, like capitalize on, on something. It. Yeah, it wasn't like take advantage of this. It would be like just sporadic. Like, oh, he. He showed up there, and then he showed up way over here a week later. That kind of just sporadic stuff, right? So, and I mean, you know, we've got a lot of big deer. We're blessed with a lot of big deer, as you know, um, to choose from. And, you know, my wife and I, we were talking, and, uh, well, you know that we've had a nice, old, mature, really nice rack deer um the last seven days he's just been on point we can mm-hmm. go in and have a good chance to harvest him i'm not saying we can and i've learned not to say that because when <laughs> you say i'm gonna go shoot that deer you don't go shoot that deer but yeah um there's a good chance we could have, have gone in and harvested uh this other deer and my wife and i were talking and he really wanted hefty and my wife says you know you guys have a really good place you've managed it and you don't want to spoil him with, you know, shooting the first big deer out of the gate. Right. Um, you want him to build up to that. You know, and I know hunters who have shot a booner their first day out, and they feel like, well, I've been there, I've done that, and that was easy, and they don't pick it up again. Right, right. So I think Hefty and the pursuit of Hefty um, in this young whitetail hunter's life is going to be what really propels him um to pursue um the hunt just like we did hefty uh, it's not just about killing the biggest deer it's not just about uh killing the most deer but it's about getting a deer down in your crawl and say hey i want that deer i want to play the game with that deer i want to start the chess match with that deer and that's that's what I want to play, and that's what he did with Hefty, and so I think it's in his blood now more than what it what it ever was. Yeah, well, so, you have to admire uh, uh, anybody with young, old that that just has a drive to set a goal, set an expectation, and then go out to try and deliver and put themselves in position to accomplish that. That you know, just life lesson in general, they can take that and apply that to a bunch of different things, let alone killing a deer. But, but just that mindset of getting there um, and not wanting to settle for, for less, I think is, is definitely um, admirable. And so for him to stick right. with that for, for multiple years is awesome. And then to see it actually come to fruition um, and him to just do, do awesome stuff. Um as as a young hunter, man, that that's cool. That's I mean, that's awesome. So right, and to, and to add to that, what was even more, um, I don't know, interesting about the whole thing. There were times, you know, we have a crossbow, and I would say, son, we're going to this food plot. Will Hefty be there? I'm like, yeah, he could be there. I have seen him there some, um, but you know, the shot may be far. You may not be able to. He may not be in your bow range. You ought to mm-hmm. take the crossbow. Nope, I'm killing Hefty with a bow. If I'm shooting him, I'm shooting him with a bow. 
he got away from a bow, and I'm going to get him with a bow. And I'm sitting there like, man, if I had a big one like that, and it was gun season, and he'd done that to me, I'm going to get even. We'll take yeah. the gun, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's time to get even. Right. You know, but no, he. I mean, he wanted to take his archery tackle and even the score with that bruiser. Mm. So Good for him. So you can rewind or fast forward rather to 2020. Um, we didn't see Hefty. Well, I shouldn't say we didn't see Hefty. Trace and I didn't see Hefty together. Mm-hmm. But um, I did see Hefty um, during the rut um, in 2019 chasing uh, uh, several does. And he was actually uh, to the north of the highway. He was in the the timber i was actually sitting on the highway set and he did come through um and for those of you listening i'm wondering hey is this hefty um matt's seen the footage from 18 (laughs) to 20 and there's no mistake it's uh i I don't know i i say this and and it might come as a shock to people but like i i i truly think that a lot of times people get um they they almost make themselves believe that some deer are the same deer over and over, you know. Taking on on a balanced herd, let let's just take this property for instance, Seth. You know, a two and a half year old to a three and a half year old, unless there is something very defining on that deer, right? Not necessarily even mm-hmm. antlers, just just a unique characteristics, rips and ears, unique white pattern on a deer. Um, right. Truthfully, a, a, a hundred inch eight pointer looks like a hundred inch eight pointer. And and if you have a bunch of those as two and three year olds, honestly, they all melt together. And I think that it's some people yeah. just really confuse themselves um, and then can honestly then begin to misjudge ages of deer by just saying, this is that deer, this is that deer, because they want to have the history with the deer so bad that it actually confuses right. everything. But, yeah. but this deer in particular... There is no question this same antler configuration. I, it would be interesting to know, like, almost to the inch, like, how similar this deer is from the shape, um, configuration, the usage, everything, the body size, composition. It's hefty. Like, yeah, the body to language 20. to me just gives it away. I yeah. mean, the way he walked, I mean, brisket, I mean... Even, I mean, even that big dent in his forehead, I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the footage side by side, and if we didn't tell you they were two different years, I mean. You'd almost think it was like it it Friday was, night and a Saturday yeah. night, right? <laughs> right. It's pretty wild. Um, you know, and it was just meant to be. So Yeah, yeah for I sure. mean, so you, fa- you fast forward, and by the way, the Cuddy Links, I mean, uh falling in love with those more yeah. and more, especially with the uh, uh, solar panel hookups and the D battery mm-hmm. uh, boosters. Yeah. Um, loving that. But, man, they're killing deer, dude. I mean, you don't have to go in and check trail cameras, and you can pattern them. And for a busy guy like me who runs a business, yep. um, I can get in and, and look at my emails, and that's exactly how we knew Hefty was coming through the highway. Yeah, exactly. Um 
I got to getting those emails in, and I'm like, golly, that's hefty, and he's coming through, and he's coming through the highway. That's where we shot him, out of that stand. Yeah. Look at the picture. The stand's above it. Yeah. That joker's coming through. You know, so we're excited. We're pumped, and, you know, you and I and Adam had made a few hunts, and we're kind of waiting on the wind. Yep. Um, and for Trace to be able to hunt, so he didn't even hunt opening day, but when I told him, hey, the wind's right, the conditions should be right, Trace. Um, let's go in and hunt. Where are we hunting? I said, we'll hunt the highway for Hefty. And I mean, you talk about excited. <laughs> Lighting up, right? He, yeah. I mean, that's my favorite stand, you know. Yeah. He's ready to go. So oh, that's awesome. The anticipation was high. Um, and that night, we, as you know, we've got that planted in alfalfa now. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful alfalfa. Yep. So it's a highway of alfalfa, mm. and it starts unfolding similar to the way the highway hunts start. You can see back in an hour, we call the, the food plot that attaches to the highway the hourglass field, and uh, you could see some does start to come out in the hourglass, and they work through the hourglass to the pond, get a drink, hit the highway, cruise out to the big food plot. Um, we had... Another small buck make his way out to the uh, food plot, do the same thing, actually chase the does, mm-hmm. um, went around acting like it was November, um, and chased those bucks. guys out to the gals, out to the main food plot, and then other deer just started trickling through. Um, had a doe come in um, directly down the wind uh, while these other deer were feeding under um and, you know, we were, we were, I'm teaching him scent control and yeah. obviously we we're running our ozone machine and, um, she knew something wasn't right. I mean, she would hit that scent pattern. Um, and she hit it three different times Why other deer were on the highway. She'd came from the downwind side and she hit that scent trail and back off and just stand there and look like, man, there's something there, but these other deer, um, out in the field that she's like well there they think it's okay and then she'd go up hit the scent trail and turn around and back. finally she committed and worked through the scent trail um but you, i don't know if you've ever witnessed that out in the field but i mean it's like a force field that scent trail is <laughs> yes. when it's going through a field they hit it and you'd think they couldn't walk through it you know yeah, yeah. and she finally committed and walked through it fed with the other deer and uh it was getting to be deer 30 and uh I was wondering, well, he may be a no-show tonight. We've still got quite a bit of light left, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. But he may be a no-show. And straight to the south on the on the, uh, the pond dam side, he came from the opposite direction. He came from the west last time, and this time he came, I shouldn't say the complete opposite, but he came from the directly west last time. And this time he came directly from the south, and he just came up, and he stood but on the downside of that pond dam where a little comfortable spot, mm-hmm. and he had to have stood there for 10 minutes. Oof. I guarantee you. Um, and he would look down the highway or towards the highway. Or you could see some does out in the highway, um, and this was actually a good thing. Right. Um, I had Trey stand up. Um, I got him stood up and had it and had him get his bow 
because I wasn't anticipating the deer to stand there for 10 minutes. Sure, yeah. So I'm looking down at Trace, dude, and his knees are knocking, and he's just yeah. waiting. And this deer's grooming himself. He's checking the wind. He's checking his surroundings. Which I he's think— Being what a big buck is doing. I think that's super and, important to, to take a pause there and talk about because I watched that footage, and it's exactly what you're talking about, just the behavior of a mature buck. And generally speaking, they're moving much slower. They're taking their time. And I think a lot of people, when they're hunting the edges of food plots, they often are like, oh, he was was a no-show, or I didn't see him. Right. But people, (laughs) like, that deer is, is most likely, and this is why entry and exit is so important, but if you're seeing a deer... You know, and he's coming like kind of that last light on a camera, and all of a sudden, you know, one night he just doesn't show this and that. He's close, like he's probably really close, and he could be just on the edge of that food plot, surveying, grooming, watching, and just seeing and the he, other behavior of deer and what that feels right. like. Is it safe? Is it secure? How many does are out there? Who else is out there? Like they are super sharp and aware of. Of before they expose themselves visually to an opening, they generally will take that extra few minutes to stand there and do that. And you guys witness that. But I think it's important. Oh. To, if you don't see that deer, this is why the entry and exit is so important. Because if you're not getting out cleanly and you're bumping a bunch of deer and you're walking off and you, you hear deer blow, and you, that could be that deer. Like you have to be able to kind of remove yourself from that situation because if you're hunting it and they're not showing up, they're close. They're probably close. They're close. and They may be watching you crawl out of your stand. That's a terrible thing to do. Sure. Deer are easily conditioned to their surroundings. They're very adaptable. Yeah. Um, and as you well know, I hunt multiple stands multiple times mm-hmm. um i've read articles on articles on articles on how the first time in the stand is the best time and you know i'm not going to disagree with that per se but i am going to say this i hunt the same stand site if the wind's correct and you can burn a stand out there's no doubt about yeah, that but sure. i've been known to hunt the same stand site three nights in a row if the if the wind is correct and kill him on the third night right um and I think the key to that is, and you know, and people would think I'm a nut job. I literally howl and bark. I'll do it. I'll do it to clear the field. I'll pack my stuff up. I'll do it when I get down. I'll do it when I get on the ground. Uh, I mean, I do not. I want them to think, hey, there is a wild dog running here, um, through here. Uh, we're going to be off in the because they don't just run out of the country. No, they run 100 no. yards up in the woods and listen to where that dog's going. Yep. Well, now if it gets close to them, yeah, they're going to run. But, I mean, people think, oh, you bark. They've run to the next county. No, that's their bedroom. They that's run it. to the next room, and they watch and listen until they hear that dog bark and get back to his truck Yep. or wherever the case may be. And, hey, the coast is clear. We can come back out. So when they hear that, they know to get off the field. There wasn't a negative um, situation that came up. So now if you do that every time, every time, um, and I change the sound of the bark and kind of change things up, and 
Um, I've had good success with it, and as you know, I can typically get the clear or the field cleared pretty easily. Sure. I mean, you make a mean bark, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, here's the here's the, the kind of the other side of that is I think a lot of people get conf- like a coyote. Yes, is a predator to a deer. We can all agree on that. Right. But here's the thing: they live in the same area and occupy right. the exact same spaces 24/7. So there is always scent of a coyote, there's always the trail, they're always if you will visually seeing them. Like it is not like this uncommon occurrence for a deer and a coyote to meet in the woods and have this interaction. So if you're sounding right. or resembling like a coyote or like a dog if you're in a suburban area, like Hey, that happens all the time. It's it's just a part the of their time. environment. So it's not like they're freaking themselves out and, and ruining this area. It's simply, oh, gosh, here's a coyote. Can I better keep my distance a little bit? Well, as soon as he's gone and out of the way, I'll just go back to the food plot and feed. So that's exactly right. like the scenario that's being painted. Uh, but it allows you, like you said, to, to clear a field and get out of there and then come right. back and hunt well, it again. And that's the key. Deer are adaptable. They're adaptable to a dog running them out of the field and coming back into the food plot. But I tell you what will really hose you is if they get adaptable to seeing you climb out of your tree stand the third time you hunt that or you clear them by walking out the third time and fourth time you hunt that, you're going to notice deer starting to walk by that tree, and they're going to start looking up in it. Yeah. And they're oh, yeah. going to start saying, what in the world is up there? And that's what you're keeping from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're trying to, to move them off something that's natural, and then they're going to come right back. But you know what? If you naturally get looking up in the tree. We lost you right there for a second, but uh, Seth, you were talking about um, deer looking up in a tree, you know, after they've seen you climb down or have now a visual on you, danger spot, getting down out of a tree. Right. So, yeah, we we just want them to, we, we don't want them to catch on to our stand site, whether that's a blind or a stand. Um we don't want deer coming in looking up. Um, and, you know, obviously, if you're hunting for a big deer, which we typically are, you know, we've got we've to condition our does, too. We don't want them to know where our tree stands are. We don't mm-hmm. want them to know where our blinds are because they're typically the first ones in the food pot. So we want our field cleared. We don't want to give our setup away. Um, and we want them to think that a dog came through there and now, hey, it's gone. And now we can come back out. I don't want deer looking up at my setup um, that are going to potentially run run my big deer that I'm hunting to enter into the food plot. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So back back to Hefty. He's on the edge <laughs> of the field by the pond, staging, mm-hmm. surveying this food plot you call the highway. Right, and again, he's doing what big bucks do. Um, He's just checking out the environment, what's around. He's smart. He's 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 participated in the rut. He's not like the little dink that came through earlier and 
chased the doe, and the doe got mad. I mean, he's been there, done that. Uh, he knows the does aren't in heat. He just, at his, this point now, what I believe hefty is, is, hey, this is my highway through here. Or, you know, I'm this is my highway. Who's around here? Yep. You know, what's going on? I'm the big... I'm the big dog in this area, you know, and that's what he's doing. He's being a big buck. He's grooming himself, checking his surroundings. And Trace has been up now for what seemed like 10 minutes. Maybe it was five. I know it was over five, five or over. It was quite a while. And uh, anyways, I'm like, man, is this, what is this deer going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to go back in the, you know, where he's at. You're like, is he going to go back into the timber? Right. Is he going to wrap around and cruise the highway? Is he going to go to the pond? What What is he going to do? And lo and behold, right where that doe had came through and was, was trying to get into our scent trail, luckily we had taken all the bow hunting precautions, which saves your tail. Practice mm-hmm. scent control. Don't, yep. don't practice scent control to go in and hunt the wrong wind. Yeah. Practice yes. scent control so you don't bump the other deer that are downwind where it just ruins your hunt. That's why you practice that prime example. Anyways, um, here he is doing his thing, and a deer we call Elliot. And I don't like Elliot, <laughs> and the reason I named him Elliot is off that cartoon the kids watch it. It's that one horned deer, and I don't even know the name of it, but uh, Elliot's <laughs> annoying voice, just an annoying deer, and... The reason Elliot is so annoying, he's got this eight-point side, and then he's got this little nothing on the other side, and he's just so annoying because every trail camera I have out, every one of them, here he comes just being, and he just looks he just looks like he annoys all the other deer. <laughs> he's and, a and pester. It's been that way all summer. I'm like, he's annoying. I mean, yeah. if I was a deer, I would look at him and be like, you're annoying. <laughs> and I'll be dang, here comes Elliot. That same, that same way, and he comes in, and he's got these two little forkies with him, or spikes, or whatever they were. I wasn't paying too close of attention, and he comes in running like Elliot does. Looks like a geek running down <laughs> through there, and then he sees Hefty, and he kind of pins his ears back, and then Hefty just looks at him sideways, and he's like, "Oh, I don't want to play that," and then he kind of goes off like the little annoying deer does. But those deer there, as soon as they kind of stood off and looked at each other and then they moved to the highway uh hefty decided he was going to get a drink at the pond which could not be more perfect yeah so he's like i'm going to get a drink at the pond and he starts to hook to the left and i range him he's 25 Mm. and he's quartering two and trace can i shoot no 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 wait 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 and then he gets to 22 yards um, and I tell Trace to gap shoot him, which means in our language, it means between your 20 and your 30 yard yep. pin. I knew he would drop a little bit. So I thought, well, uh, that should be good. I hope it's good. I said 22 broadside. Okay. Yeah. Gap shoot him and dude, he smoked that deer and I mean, we didn't know. He doesn't. I don't put a luminox on where I can tell where he hits. All I knew is it sounded like you'd shot a pumpkin. Boom. Yeah, yeah. I thought, boy, that went through cavity. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. Right. And we got down. Arrow was covered, and we were pumped, and we waited anyway. But, you know, we shouldn't have waited because that deer is, 
didn't go 20. I mean, wow. he, he literally did not go 20 yards. That's crazy. And, yeah, the celebration continued. And Trace, uh, he got that adrenaline. I don't know if, if any of you have shot a great deer or deer that you've been after. I mean, you can't sleep that night. You're just so excited. that. And I don't know what causes it. Um, I just know that it happens. I mean, you're just you're just on cloud nine and that's that's where he was and what's important to remember i think in the story and i think i mentioned it earlier is this wasn't a hundred and fifty sixty seventy eighty ninety two hundred inch deer it was a mature deer that he started a game with yeah and went on for three years and you know what he moved the final piece and put checkmate on the deer and and that's what it was about for him and i mean i oh, think yeah. the deer's gonna go pope and young right which you're talking an 11 year old kid with archery tackle man yeah heck yeah oh, i'd be tickled i'd be jacked <laughs> so what a hunt it was and i was just fortunate enough to get to participate with him and yeah you know and get to watch him grow up and get that drive yeah well he's got it he's been bit by the bug he was he was bit early um, but it just, this is, this is just part of, um, and that's why I think it's so important to get you know, kids outdoors at a young age, but this is just like, a, if you will, lifestyle part of his life, what he's used to. Um, he sees your passion and your drive and kind of, um, obviously, you know, he looks up to you and wants to replicate the same types of experiences that, that you've been able to have for yourself of chasing deer with a bow, committing to that following along and building the story and and he's accomplished that now um you you put right. it together uh, um and filmed it and we're going to be able to air that and get it out there and he's going to have that hunt to look back on um and and right. it's going to be awesome i mean it, and it's a fantastic story uh of success determination and i mean you guys can look at the shot um we posted the picture on social media facebook instagram um you'll see in the days coming, uh, YouTube video. Um, but I mean, he pinwheeled this joker. I mean, that exit pinwheel. was perfect. <laughs> and, and for, for to have the composure to watch a deer for five, 10 minutes, just waiting, hopefully he was going to do something to waiting for that broadside shot with your instruction. And then just delivers a dart, um, I mean, there's a lot of grown men who can't do that. There are a lot of a lot of people oh, who there? who force that <laughs> that arrow in the shot, and and they're left with the disappointment for making a bad decision. But through again your 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 coaching and him listening, he just I mean, it, that was a you sent me the picture, and you can just see you can see the exit, and I was like, goodness gracious, he just stroked him. <laughs> Heck, I don't care he how did. close it was. That was awesome pinwheel yeah oh man yeah no better feeling and yeah practice 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 and it, and he and i have a different relationship i think than most you know and i can't help it maybe i'm weird but most <laughs> you know father and son are like you know good job son blah, blah 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 you know you're doing good and that's great if that's how you guys coach but you know we'll be out shooting and i'll be like son if you don't get to shoot any better than that you're going to gut shooting or you better practice more or, you know, 
we kind of gig each other. And if I make a bad shot, you know, he's gigging me. And, sure. you know, that's that's kind of our relationship. Or, you know, he'll, he'll make two bad shots. And I say, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm putting a pie plate out there. If you don't hit it three times with three arrows from 30, you're not hunting. Yeah. You know, and I'm just joking, but, you right, know, right. I want them to practice. But I want you, them to get perfect. You, and, you practice for, for perfection because if, if you can't be perfect in a, in a let's say, a lower stress situation and, and you're putting a little bit of uh, that, that felt stress so he can deliver. Right. There you go. That That's super important to then take that um, application of shooting under those, you know, similar conditions and then, boom, right there in the field and, and – um, I'll say this: He shot the center yeah. center of the pie plate. <laughs> right. So, man, <laughs> that's awesome. what it's about, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you telling the story and coming on the podcast. And yes, sir. And congratulations to Trace. And um, man, we've got a fun season ahead of us. There, there's a lot of time Woo-hoo! left in this season. We've got uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff happening. And um, getting footage of deer, getting in front of deer, and uh, we we we're not even to October yet as we record not this. Not even to October. We're I, not I, even to deer December, which no. is the greatest month in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty jacked up. So, man, we appreciate it. But uh, we'll we'll catch up with you here, um, and hopefully have another podcast in the weeks to come of some more big bucks hitting the ground. Wouldn't that be great? That sounds groovy. Man, what an awesome hunt there. That's so cool to be able to have a father-son team connect on deer like that, but then also just the way that they share a passion together and um, one fuels the other and their excitement just kind of builds off of one another. So that that's certainly cool to to be able to bring to you guys. hope that beyond the, the just excitement of the harvest, you guys were able to learn from this deer, this hunt, um, and the way that Seth kind of monitored the farm and monitored this area um, and, and trying to reconnect with this buck uh, for Trace. And, you know, it's 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 fun to be able to build that story, um, especially get Trace on his first compound buck kill. It being a, a deer he's got some, some history with, um, being a fantastic buck. And, um, it's just, it's cool to be able to share it with you guys and hope, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, but first, before we go, we want to just send out a big thank you to First Light. First Light, um, are, is a partner of Land and Legacy and they help make this podcast possible. So if you guys, um, watch this YouTube video of the hunt with Seth and Trace, you'll see them decked out in First Light gear um as a wool-based system that they're wearing even during the early season staying comfortable staying camouflaged and looking to fly so if you haven't checked out first light go to their instagram facebook page and check them out the website firstlight.com and that's f-i-r-s-t-l-i-t-e.com so Check them out. Guys, we appreciate you listening. We hope that you have a lot of success. Basically, when this podcast dropped, I think every state bow season is opened up. So um, be safe out there. Have fun. And if you guys are successful, we would love to get some pictures, see the stories, 
and um, hear what you guys are doing out there in the woods. So have fun. Be safe. We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah.